Wine you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wine You Wish Upon a Star, the Disney fan cast, where we drink wine or sometimes other things, and we watch a Disney movie, all the animated classics in theatrically released chronological order, and then we drink some more and then talk about it some more. I'm your host, Joe Payo. I'm your host, Brenna Payo. Uh oh, we didn't drink wine. It's okay, though. We make do with what we have. Or what we pick up from restaurants. That too. I mean, sometimes we see that restaurants are now offering 32-ounce pours of their famous cocktails, and we say, why not? This is my island in the sun. Ay ay ay! We went to islands today, the local islands, and uh, we got a 32-ounce Mai Tai and shared that, which was more than enough for two people. Yeah, that was like four Mai Tais of their Mai Tais. And like, okay, Islands, I get, is like a chain restaurant. But the one that's here in Burbank is prettybomb.com. And their bartenders, oh, they have a heavy hand. They take care of their island visitors. We don't have a wine to tell you about. We've got a Mai Tai to tell you about. And uh, it's great. Wasn't even themed to this movie, but we just felt like doing it. Nah, we just really wanted it. We just really wanted it. In this times right now, if you want something... You, you should have something, <laughs> as long as it's easily achievable. I mean, I suppose it could fit with the theme, because this all does take place on an island called Manhattan. Oh, garbage island. A garbage island that was bought for $24 called Manhattan, because today we watched Oliver and Company. I was unaware that this movie had affiliations with the well-known musical Oliver. Or the book that the musical was based on. Okay, okay, yes. It is a Dickens story that was retold in modern 1980s New York, and you can feel that right away because the opening song is a song by Huey Lewis. It's probably called something like Once Upon a Time in New York City, and it sounds like a toothpaste ad. The song even plays over like some pretty harrowing action of an orphaned cat being abandoned in a box and then almost washed down the drain, and then chased by one-eyed dogs. And while this is happening, this like, Yeah, once upon a time in New York, brush a brush, Mentos. I mean, I have a different version of that. I think the cat did wash down the storm drain, and then he ran into that clown from It, and the clown from It, like, put him into the rest of this movie, like, into his head, you know, like he does with his head things. And the rest of this is all just a hallucination? Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense because, like, the first person that he comes into contact with is, like, a breakdancer carrying a boombox dressed like Ronald McDonald. Of course, you see everything from his point of view because he's a tiny cat. All the people are, like, just, like, legs, like Nanny from Muppet Babies. But the first one that he meets is this one who's, like, a breakdancer in, like, hammer pants and clown shoes carrying a boombox. And he's, like, dancing. And then Oliver starts dancing, too. So maybe that was Pennywise the Clown. It's not just possible. It's probable. Makes sense. Our friend Oliver, actually, he doesn't even have a name at this point. He's just this orange cat. Yeah, we don't actually find out his name until like three-fourths of the movie. Our unnamed orange cat starts following a hot dog cart. And that's how you know it's New York as well. If the music and the simulated aerial shots showing the World Trade Center didn't cue you in, this is New York. But then you see a hot dog vendor going, eh, I'm, I'm pushing something here. I got hot dogs and sausages. Well, that's not just any hot dog man. That is Stromboli in his second career. After the whole pi- pirate, after the whole puppet thing didn't go so well. But he's got a little top knot on his head, too. So it's like he, he lifted all of his hair up. Yeah. 
Again, you don't see him at first except for his feet and his cart. Uh, and his butt. You see his big Oh, you see his butt. butt, yeah. And he's like pushing the cart through and Oliver is smacking his lips and he's like, yeah, I'm going to get some of that. Then we meet our secondary hero, Dodger, who also does not introduce, is not introduced by name. But he shows up and he's like, hey, cool cat, what's up? You want some sausages? Hey, I can help you get sausages. We'll split them 50-50. Ready? Let's go. And then he scares the bejesus out of him and makes him attack the stromboli and makes off with a scarf of sausages. And then starts a song number and gets every dog in New York to stop traffic. (laughs) Which seems like something people would really be a fan of. There's a lot of dogs running around New York in this and like jumping on the hoods and windshields of cars and the cars just don't care. Where it's like, if that happened to me, if a dog jumped on my car, that would be my day. Like I would just go home, not do anything for the rest of the day and everybody would say, where's Joe? Why didn't he come into work today? And I would say, a dog jumped on my car. And they'd say, fair enough. All right, so in this scenario, the dog falls from the sky or, like, somebody's walking the dog and then the dog, like, jumps on your car? Not somebody, because these are, nobody's walking any of these dogs. They are stray dogs just jumping from car to car. Well, that's not true. There was that whole guy who was walking those, like, 50 dogs. The man was, like, from up with balloons but with dogs. And he was, like, walking them and then they all pulled away from him. Well, I was generalizing, basically, because in this whole movie, there are so many sequences of dogs just jumping from car to car. So, uh, yeah, in either of the circumstances, if a whole balloon, as you'd say, of dogs <laughs> attacked my car, yes, I would go home and I would call my insurance agency and say, am I good? So I'm imagining <laughs> now they're balloon of dogs like i'm imagining like 50 dogs filled up with helium so they're barking like like really high you know but are they like stagnantly buoyant like or no no no, they're starting to like come down off the helium okay so like they're coming down out of the sky this like 50 dogs and they just happen to deflate right on your car but they're like okay they're just like they go like like normal you know like when you come off of helium (laughs) so you're saying that you would go about your day if that happened to you. If these helium-infused dogs fell from the sky very <laughs> softly and lowered the pitch of their bark very <laughs> subtly and gently, you would say, that's a normal thing, and keep driving. Well, I mean, am I at an intersection? Like, can I pull over and, like, take a moment and regroup? But, like, am I going to hit a dog if I keep going? This is New York. You either stop in the street or you just keep going. There is no pulling over. Have you ever been to New York? I have been <laughs> I've never seen anybody pull over. I've never enjoyed New York at all. Speaking of which, you ever notice how when there are stories about downtrodden people in New York, the whole goal is to get out of New York. And even though it's like a thing saying like, I love this town, this is my town. And they have these songs like in this, which is like, you got to know the rhythm of the streets. And then all the dogs sit down and read a story about a dog who is running free in a field very far from the city like New York. And they're just like, that's the dream. Every New York story is like, we got to get out of New York. I don't understand why anyone would willingly live in New York. I mean, I would live there if there was like a gun to my head all the time. That is New York when you live there. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why everyone stays. (laughs) Oftentimes, I I, I can't with certain things. Like Saturday Night Live sometimes, I just can't with them because they get a little bit too much in their own New York bubble and they just like complain about New York and everybody else is like, 
guys, you can leave. It's fine. In fact, you're all no- you're all recognizable. You can move to Burbank and you will have a career. Nobody hates New York more than New Yorkers. During Dodger's musical number, there are a number of pianos suspended from ceilings over sidewalks. Well, how else do you think they get into those tiny apartments? Is that apartments? really a thing that happens? Do yeah. people descend or, or like... They have to winch them up because you can't carry them up through those like teeny tiny stairwells. You know the composer Gershwin? I mean, not personally, but But yes. you're aware of him. Uh, his family was a family of piano movers. That's actually how he learned to be a piano player, was that he and his brother would play the pianos while his parents were moving them. So that actually is a thing that happens in New York. They have to like winch them up and put them through walls or windows to actually get them in those teeny tiny apartments. That's horrendous. New York sounds horrendous. (laughs) Maybe it was also more of a thing back in the 80s. Nowadays, it's like, we have synthesizers, so you don't see that as much now. So we head back to a rundown riverboat, because it's always a rundown riverboat. And this is where our gang of, like, poor dogs and Fagin live. Yeah, you would think that, like, that's usually an aspiration of people, where they're just like, you know what, once I kind of hit it big, once I get some money, I'm going to buy a boat, and I'm going to keep it on, like, the Hudson River... But it's always people who own boats in these movies are like, they're dilapidated. It's like a back alley trailer park type thing. When really it's just like, no, that's actually, it takes a lot of upkeep to live on a houseboat. We find out in this rundown riverboat that Fagin owns Sykes lots of money and he only gets three days to pay it back. Well, there's a whole hierarchy, too, where the dogs have to collect for Fagin. Fagin has to collect for Sykes. And so I would actually think, huh, how does this guy who owes this person who's probably like a loan shark or something like that, a ton of money, how is he able to train like six dogs to go and get stuff for him? (laughs) He's not making deals on his own. He's just telling the dogs like, I need money. And if I die, then nobody feeds you because... A dead man can't buy dog food, so go fetch. Like, he has these dogs trained to go get him riches. Yeah, what does he do? Well, the dogs are off getting riches. Like, he could also be getting riches or, like, doing something. But, like, then every time they come back, he's like, you didn't get me anything. Now I have nothing. But it seems that Fagin really loves these dogs. He does. And it seems that they really love him. Like, that's kind of how he's got them trained. After he gets kind of chewed out by Sykes, because Sykes is just like, what are these little trinkets you're bringing me? I need cash, and you have three days. And he's like, three sunrises, three sunsets, three midnights. And he's like, you mean nine? He's like, that's three. And then Fagin trudges back to his dogs, and he's like, my days are numbered, and the number is three. But, like, the dogs put a blanket over him and, like, cradle his head in his chair as he's kind of, like sleepwalking back to his chair he's just kind of in shock and then they gave they give him dog treats and he starts eating them but that's when he kind of realizes that they're all just taking care of him and he's like oh my lads so then he like gives them all a hug like yeah he gets some treats and stuff and then that's when he meets oliver and he's like who's this little one because oliver had actually taken a swipe at one of uh sykes's big doberman dogs yeah he's got two dobermans and they're really mean and Oliver held up on his own and went, ah, and they're just like, I like eating cats, but then they get chased away. But yeah, it turns out Oliver had 
hit one of their noses and cut them. And so Fagin's like, I saw what you did to Red. Who did that? And then the dogs, like, push Oliver forward. And he's like, well, we've never had a cat in the gang. Welcome to the gang. And so he, like, cuddles him. And he really seems to love all these animals. And that's when he reads them the story because they all start kind of nudging him with the book. And he starts reading it. And he's like, okay, here's this. I'll just read one more chapter. And he opens it up and it's this field and a dog just rolling in the grass. And he says, Sparky was a good dog. Sparky liked rolling in the field. And all the dogs are just like, oh. Sparky liked to run outside. (laughs) (laughs) And both of us just looked at each other because one of our very, very good friends and fan of the podcast is Sparky. And he likes to run outside. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, does he. (laughs) And he often makes us come with him. (laughs) So a little shout out to Sparky, our very good friend. It's time to set the dogs next morning back on the hunt for some cash. So they go off on their own. One of the dogs starts starts a whole song about just like, you know, the kind of song of like, you gotta make it in the streets and blah, ba boo. And then they find a limo. And they're just like, how about we hotwire a limo? That's one way to make up a lot of money really fast, right? So they distract the driver to come out. And then the little uh, Hispanic chihuahua named Tito, who's voiced by Cheech Marin. <gasps> Wait, quick fun fact. Fun facts with Joe Payo. One little tiny cat. I was going to cat, cat meow with you, but there's only one in this. <laughs> so Cheech Marin plays Tito in this. And this is like when he was at the height of popularity with like Cheech and Chong and everything. And he's like, you know his voice. If you ever heard any kind of like Hispanic voice, it's like, hey, man, how's it going? Like, that's him. And so this was the first Disney movie that he ever did. He goes on to do a few other Disney movies, and we'll be seeing them eventually. One of them is he's one of the hyenas in The Lion King. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, be prepared. Yeah. He is also Ramon in Cars, the one that's like the lowrider, and he's the like paints flames on everything. I most recently heard him while I was on the ride, because he can uh, change out your your paint job on your car when you're on the Radiator Springs ride. (laughs) So the dogs decide they're going to hotwire a limo and steal a limo. So they fake a car crash. Yeah, they have one of the dogs just run into the side of the limo. Not while it stopped at a stoplight, but like while it's in full motion. And he full on like hits it and spins in place and has a concussion. But it's the big dog, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> He's like a great Dane. And then he just goes wandering off. So they have the bulldog who loves art just kind of lie in front of the car go, ow, 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 ow. And the driver gets out, and they lock the driver out, and then they try to hotwire it. Tito gets electrocuted because he's trying to bite the starter cables or something, and everybody runs for it except for Oliver, who's kind of stuck there. So in the back of the limo, there's a little girl, and her name is Jenny, not to be confused with Penny from The Rescuers. Although, I'll tell you, Jenny was redheaded, and maybe she was the one who was adopted instead of Penny that first time around, like... Penny was going to get adopted, but then they took the redheaded girl. They took Jenny instead. It's like that orphanage just has Ennies. <laughs> Any this orphanage. This is Manny and Genny and Denny and Fenny and Shenny. <laughs> All of those are real names. So what I liked about this movie is that during group scenes, they started adding in dialogue to the background. Like the crowd would be saying stuff. So when the bulldog's out in front of the car pretending he's like hurt and everything... You see this woman walk up. Well, you only see legs because the driver's like, are you okay, dog? And she goes, oh, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. 
like yelling at the driver and he's like i'm I'm sure he's okay he's all right (laughs) he's just playing huh bud it reminds me of there's this story that Patton oswalt tells in his stand-up where he gets hired sometimes to work on writing punch-ups for animated movies and he explains that the movie's already fully animated and so you can't change what the main characters say so they bring in comedians to write stuff that off-screen characters shout over dialogue <laughs> to make it more funny. <laughs> and he gives this example of like some animated movie. He's like, I won't say what company it is, but they brought me in and you just hear somebody in the background go, oh, I hurt my bottom. <laughs> but yeah, they have these faceless peoples just saying like, hey, this is New York, buddy. You can't just hit dogs. <laughs> Jenny decides she's going to keep Oliver and bring him home. Uh, Winston, her driver and butler, says, all right, well, we're going to have to find out if your parents say it's okay. So they bring her home to this uh, to this mansion, basically. Or it's like a penthouse. No, it's a full mansion. Like, they enter in off the first story. It's a full mansion off of Central Park. And Winston is saying, like, all right, yeah, your parents have to say it's okay, but I don't know if Georgette's going to be too happy. Speaking of which, I'm going to go wake her up. And so he goes and knocks on the door. So one of the rooms in this house belongs to a poodle named Georgette. And she is a white poodle with purple coloring, like, accents on her. Yeah, like purple fur, blue. Purple and blue. I saw it as blue. You saw it as purple. Uh-oh. Why is that It's the dress thing. Oh, that was gold. Oh, yeah, that is a timely reference. Yeah, bringing it on back. Gold and black, no blue and white. Yeah, <laughs> bringing it back to 2019. 2019? That was, was like, it 2018? That, was like, that was like 2015. That wasn't 2015. I'm sure it's easily Googleable. Okay. Okay, Google. When was the blue, black, gold dress thing a thing? Check out these pictures. Right, so that's the right dress. Let me see when the Wikipedia post was made. That'll tell me what year. 2015. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Georgette has her own rotating bed with a curtain, a 360 degree curtain all around it, a vanity, a huge painting that was commissioned of her, and like a whole other like desk with all of these portraits of dogs that love her. Like, all of these, like, suitor dogs. And she sings a song about how she's the best. She puts doggy makeup on. She do- she gets up and she's like, gotta put my makeup on. And she has dog makeup. And birds that are in love with her help her get dressed. Yeah, they do, like, they do, like, a parody of Cinderella getting dressed in the morning with all the birds helping her. The like bluebirds. But in, you know, how in like Cinderella, how they even give her like a sponge bath and everything just really quickly. They do that kind of thing where she's behind a partition and just like getting and there. You see all these ribbons and things flying as they all get her ready for the day. She even pops out of it. And it's just a little jarring because it's just like, oh, I forgot you're just a dog. But like, yeah, you're naked. Obviously, Georgette does not love Oliver's appearance at the house and quickly tells him he's not welcome. And then Jenny's like, we're all a big happy family. And Georgette's like, Jenny proceeds to take Oliver out on a pretty woman shopping date where it's like the song is playing and it's this montage of them like shopping for things. Like 
we got you a new collar and your own food bowl that's like silver with your name engraved on it. And we're going to ride through Central Park on a horse-drawn carriage. And we're going to do this whole thing. In and, a rowboat. Yeah, and ride in a rowboat. And then it go- comes to the end and she's just like, I love you so much. And you're like, was that was that one day? Yeah, it was one day. Right, because it was like, well, it had to have been one day because Fagan only's got three days. <laughs> Obviously. And I think from when you first meet him, that was one other day. So it's like, so far, this has taken over the course of two days. And the dogs are looking for Oliver. Like, the gang of dogs is like, we got to save Oliver. Because they think he's being beaten at this (laughs) fancy house. They don't realize he's, like, being pampered. They think he's being tortured. And so when they find the apartment where he is, I even forget, how did they find the place? Were they just looking and they just found it? or? Oh, they followed the car back to the house. And then they weren't able to get into the house. Okay. So then when they see the next day, they think that Oliver is being bludgeoned with a rolling pin by Winston. And Winston is really just kind of hitting the rolling pin on his hand while he watches professional wrestling. He's just really into it. And they're just like, oh, no, we're too late. He's being bludgeoned. So the dogs break into the house and Georgette's like, you're here for me. And they're like, no. And she's like... Why not? Am I not good enough? (laughs) One thing I love about Georgette is, like, she's voiced by Bette Midler. And whenever she's, like, yelling for Winston, it keeps cutting back and forth between her going, like, Winston! Winston! And then you hear her going, bark, bark, bark! Bark, bark! Like, her voice. Not even, like, a dog sound. Like, she's like, bark, bark, bark! Winston, bark, bark! (laughs) (laughs) So once Georgette realizes that they're not there to, like, attack her and they're there to steal the cat, she's like, oh, let me help you! Yes, he's being... Like murdered or something like. And then she tells Winston, just like, "Oh, never mind, never mind, everything's fine." And then as he leaves, she's just like, "Okay, get out of here really quick. Grab him. Go, go, go." But before they go, Tito lands one big kiss on Georgette. She kicks him down the stairs, and then he proceeds to dance down the street singing, "I would have danced all night <laughs> from My Fair Lady." Which kind of makes sense because it's like that's a whole thing about class difference, and although it would have made more sense if it was on the on the street where you live but no i swear i don't love broadway that's fine no you do it's fine <laughs> so they go running off and they're just like yay he's safe they bring him back to fagan's boat that's where oliver explains like but no i was with jenny and jenny loves me and i have a home there and dodger's like well fine go be with jenny we were trying to look out for you whatever go and that was when i realized that dodger's face kind of looks a little like blue Because he kind of makes the same facial expressions when, like, Mowgli shoves off Blue and says, like, well, fine, I'll go off on my own, And when he gets kind of angry. But uh, before Oliver can leave, Fagin shows up, and he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't make any money, and I'm going to get killed by Sykes and his his weird CG limo. And that's when he sees... Because I think it's that night that he's, like, the third night. So when he picks up Oliver and he's like, I'm going to die. I'm so sad. And then he sees the shiny collar and he's like, I have an idea. And he realizes he can ransom Oliver back to the fancy man. I'm putting on my hands. Fancy man. I mean, I should tell you, I'm doing quotation marks. <laughs> just like, Not just like, I'm putting up. my hands. <laughs> putting your hands. I put my hands To the up. sky. <laughs> I am making quotation marks <laughs> with my hands. So he's going to ransom him back, but he has to tell Sykes his plan because I think that night was the night that Sykes was like, if I don't have my money, you're a dead man. So he goes, he tells him the plan, and Sykes is like, oh, that's smart. Now you're thinking with your head. But he still lets his Dobermans beat up Dodger first. 
And one of the creepy things during that is right before the Dobermans are about to attack, you see this shot of their paws and they extend this like extra nail and they look like velociraptor feet where the like velociraptors like clink on the floor, like with that extra toe claw where they're like clink, 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 clink. What I love in that scene is that when he's visiting Sykes, he sees a model of Sykes's car and he starts kind of just like fidgeting with it. And he breaks off the little side view mirror when earlier in the movie, he actually broke off the side view mirror of his real car. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's funny. <laughs> it was a cute little thing where he's just like, oops. <laughs> so Fagin has the idea where he's just like, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to ransom for this cat because they love this cat so much and I'm going to get you all your money. He sends the note to Jenny. Of course, Jenny's parents are out of town. They're like, you see her earlier talking to Winston when Winston says, by the way, your parents called and they're still in Paris and they're staying for a conference and they won't be home for like another week. And it just they just keep extending their trip. And so she's like, oh, OK. So since Jenny's parents are out of town, when Fagin drops off a note at the house saying, dear Mr. Millionaire cat owner, I have stolen your cat. Please bring money to this spot. And he like drew a map on it or something. Jenny finds it because she can't find Oliver anywhere. And she's like, Georgette, Oliver's gone missing and he's been taken for ransom. And so she hugs Georgette and Georgette is, she thinks, crying, but Georgette is laughing. Like, (laughs) she's like, you're sad too. We're going to go find him. She goes to the meeting spot which is like on the docks on the wharf and she brings her piggy bank with her and she's looking and she finds Fagin and Fagin's like little girl what are you doing out here you shouldn't be here what do you, what's going on and she's like someone stole my kitty who would do such a thing and Fagin's just like i don't know some monster uh. so he's having his internal crisis his moment of reviewing the situation if you will and decides that instead i'm reviewing <laughs> The situation. (laughs) And he decides that instead of ransoming this cat from a little girl, he's just going to pretend he just found the cat and give it to her, even though Sykes is watching from afar. So he does that. He says, oh, look, I found a little kitty. Is this yours? And she's like, Oliver. Then uh, an engine revs and Sykes comes driving up, decides I'm going to kidnap the girl and throws the cat out the window. Fagin realizes he has to pack up his dogs and they have to go save Jenny. So everybody gets in his motorcycle attached to a grocery cart held on by two emergency sign. Yeah, I, I didn't notice it until much later on in this chase that happens that, yeah, he's driving a moped that has a, a backwards shopping cart, grocery shopping cart attached to it on the back. And that's what all the dogs are riding in. And they go chasing after Bill Sykes. Nobody mention my name. That's right. His name's not Bill Sykes in this. It's just Sykes. He's got Bill fingers. His hands look like like somebody holding a whole bunch of like county fair corn dogs. Grown man whistle when they hear it. <laughs> they don't like to hear it. No, they don't. Do we do we tempt the copyright gods and just conclude that? They don't. I guess we have to. Like it when they hear it. They don't. Nobody hears it. My name. Again, I think this is sung poorly enough that we can actually get by on this. <laughs> so if I mess up all the words, <laughs> do we get in trouble? Can you copyright three notes? <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> 
I don't quite remember. It It seems at first they're chasing after the limo, but then it seems like the limo is chasing after them. Oh, well, this is there because there's two car chases. They chase the limo back to Sykes's place and they break into his place. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah. I've, I've been like putting them together in my head where I'm just like, wait. How come they're chasing and then he's chasing? And then, yeah, there is a whole interlude in between <laughs> where he brings her to his hideout and she's tied to a chair. Yes. Because he's calling in. Winston and he's like, yes, I think you need to call the big man in charge. And Winston's like, oh, well, he's in Paris. I have his daughter. You need to call him. Like it's he's making the ransom call. And that's when they steal Jenny back. And then they start the second chase. Where the limo is chasing the moped. By the way, this infiltration scene, it was one of these where I thought that they, you know, how they've established all these different characters, these dogs, and they have like different sort of personalities and different strengths. Like one of them loves the dramatic arts and then one of them is just a big bruiser and then one of them is sultry. One of them can hotwire technology. And so you think there's going to be this whole thing where like we're going to team up and we're going to use all of our smarts and skills. Well, they end up cutting the feed to one of like the closed circuit cameras. While Tito's singing hi ho, hi ho, we're off to work we go. And so he like bites a wire and you think it's like, ooh, cool. He's going to shut off all of the surveillance. But really, it's just one camera. Because later on, they're on another camera and nobody cares. Then they're just like, ooh, I've got an idea. Let's put together some trash and pretend that like we're a pizza delivery man. And so they pretend they're a pizza delivery man and knock on Sykes's office door. And he immediately just loads a gun and says, I didn't order pizza. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, what's the plan there? That is exactly the reaction that I have anytime the doorbell goes off and I'm not expecting anybody. Like, I immediately load my gun and say, we didn't order any pizza. <laughs> and they just scatter. It's like they might as well just could have knocked on the door. There's no reason to do that. But they made a whole pizza statue like <laughs> with, like, this statue holding a pizza box. And even when he goes to the door, they don't leave it there. They, like, take it away like it's a ghost. <laughs> Haunted pizza delivery. <laughs> So they get the little girl, they get back in the moped, and this is when the second chase happens, where the limo is chasing the moped, and they end up in the subway. Yeah, the moped goes down the subway, which normally you would think, oh, cool, they're safe from cars. But this gigantic limo that is extra wide somehow fits down, like, these downstairs. Well, it, like, scrapes its side off, so the (laughs) other side mirror goes. And so it goes on the tracks, and then, like... It's revving the, the wheels so hard that, like, the tires tear off and it's almost like the axles are just on the railing. And it's, like, sparking because it's, like, hitting, the like, the rails, like, the electrified rails of the subway. Then a fight ensues where the dogs are jumping from, like, car to car. Because the moped, the back, the grocery area is kind of stuck to the, to the front. Like, the limo is right up against the moped at this point. I know you, as in Brenna, you haven't seen any of the Mission Impossible movies. The first Mission Impossible movie, the very last scene takes place on a train that is like the high speed channel rail that's going from like London to Paris. And there is a helicopter chasing it. And they end up like tethering the helicopter to like the high speed train. So the helicopter has to kind of hover really low to the ground so that it doesn't hit the top of like the channel. That's exactly what this scene looks like. It's exactly the same. On a different note, anytime somebody says channel, I think I'm like, no, no, tunnel. Tunnel. No, the English channel. No, tunnel. I got you. Yeah. I know what it is, but like my <laughs> knee jerk reaction is to go like tunnel. And there's like 
dogs being thrown off of this and getting electrocuted. Those two Dobermans die awful. Those two Dobermans fall off the back of the limo and hit the electric rails and burst into flames. Up to this point in Disney movies, for the most part, a lot of deaths have been off screen or implied, such as a distant gunshot, or you see the Wicked Witch falls from the cliff and then you just imply that, okay, I think she died. In this, it's like a Doberman falls off of this limo and it's not just like, oh no, he fell off screen and you hear this like whimper like, like he could be okay, but like you're looking down the tunnel as you see his electrified body spasming on the tracks as he's like skidding and burning alive. Yeah, it's bad. And you see both dogs go that way. And then there's a train coming, of course. And so Tito, the chihuahua, is for somehow driving at this point. And he gets the motorcycle slightly off to the side. And it kind of goes up those like arcing support cables. So it's off of the tracks. But then Sykes turns around and goes, huh? As the train is coming and it hits the car. And it's again, it's not an off screen thing where you're just like, oh, no, we heard a sound effect. And you just hear like a burr. There is a burst of flames on screen while you see Sykes' face. Burst into flames. You see his skeleton. <laughs> you saw the skeleton? I didn't notice skeleton. Yes, it like bursts into flames and then goes like, <laughs> So yeah, he's like instantly incinerated. And then of course, like the train doesn't even stop. It just keeps going. You just see it keep going in the background like doop, doop, doop. I'm imagining like Thomas the Tank Engine like, oh, oh, another one as he smears the bloody remains off his face. He just goes like, meh. <laughs> Maybe he has a little wiper. It's like, wee, 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 wee. Like, like, he's worried about getting people in his teeth. Whereas like when you're riding a bike, you're like, oh, fly. The engineer just has like a shovel and he's just like, oh, no, just picking at his teeth. That's how we fuel the train. <laughs> No, Thomas, no, he's tasted blood. Of course, we see that Fagin and his motorcycle with Penny in the back and all the dogs, they're all okay. And Penny, I keep saying Penny, Jenny is like, Oliver, you were so brave, I love you, and hugs him. It's not Penny, she's far too ugly for this story. I guess so. (laughs) She's stuck in a hole in New Orleans, dreaming of finding the world's largest diamond and getting adopted. Then we flash forward and it's Jenny's birthday party and all the dogs are there and they're like, happy birthday. Which her parents aren't there. <laughs> Not even there. That was a conversation we overheard in the beginning of the movie where like she's like, oh, okay, I understand that you won't be back. And then like Winston's like, oh, I'm sure they'll be back by your birthday. They weren't <laughs> back by her birthday. And then I was hoping that maybe the uh, silver lining on this was she, it would be like in Aristocats where she's just like, I've decided I'm going to adopt all the dogs. But no, she's like, okay, dogs, time to go. Bye bye. (laughs) Yeah. So Fagin takes his group of dogs and they just leave. They're still poor. I guess Sykes is dead. So that's good. Yeah, the debt's gone, and so Fagin doesn't have to worry about that. Also, he has a newfound friend because he you see him watching wrestling with Winston, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I got him, yeah. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, you owe me a 10 spot because they're, like, betting. That's probably how Fagin got into this in the yeah. first place is sports betting. And so Fagin's like, I'm good for it, as he runs <laughs> out the back door. He's like, oh, yeah, I think it is time to go. Okay, bye. 
the dogs all do a little reprise of the 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 song that Dodger was singing at the beginning. Again, jumping from car to car as they go about their business, which would freak me out. But uh, I love that all of these characters, all these dogs that we've been introduced to, they're all singing, and it's just like Dodger sings well, and the lady dog sings well, and like Francis, the the fr- the British bulldog, he's trying to sing along, and he's like a little behind the beat. And I think that that was like an accident, and they're just like let's just. Let's just roll with it because it's kind of funny. What did you think of this movie? Uh, I would give this movie a 6 out of 10. I thought it was fun. I don't think it's anything too memorable, but I will say that like I did remember it from my childhood. Okay. I realized while I was watching it that there were a lot of elements in this that I got mixed up when I was a kid with All Dogs Go to Heaven. There's a lot of things that to me kind of crossed over a lot in that. Like i I haven't seen that movie since probably since it first came out on video cassette, but uh, there ha- the villain has something to do with a limo in that one, doesn't he? He's it's like some kind of like demon limo. I honestly thought that a lot of that movie was this movie, so I'm not really sure. I guess I need to watch that movie again. Again, and we've mentioned before, but the Don Bluth company that did All Dogs Go to Heaven and American Tale, they were making some pretty solid hits at the same time. In fact, I think this movie came out the same year as All Dogs Go to Heaven. And American Tale came out the same year as Great Mouse Detective. So I'm sure there was a lot of confusion for people as to, like, what is attributed to which movie and which scene, which is where it was confusing to me. But um, overall, I I enjoyed it. I like a good dog story. Um, I didn't think they really leaned into the dog mannerisms as cleverly as they had in things like 101 Dalmatians or Lady and the Tramp. I think in that they really encompassed like the idea of what it's like to get in the mentality of a dog, where this one felt more like, oh, we're having dogs stand in for people. Sabrina, would you like any fun facts? Yes. Well, as I pointed out while we were watching it, the voice of Dodger was actually superstar Billy Joel. This was actually the only movie that he's actually been in as an actor. Any other of his acting credits have just been in his own music videos. So currently, this is the only thing he's ever acted in. I think he did a pretty good job. Good job, Billy Joel. Good job. Also, originally, the opening of this movie was going to be a lot darker. So you know how we got our, like, box of free kittens, come and get them. Originally, Oliver's parents were supposed to have been killed by the Dobermans. So part of Oliver's motivation in joining Dodger's gang was to get revenge on the Dobermans that killed his parents. So it would have been more like a Batman or like a Batcat, I guess. I think that would have been unnecessary. It would have been very, very different. I had also read that they there were ideas that Fagin at one point was planning on stealing a panda from the New York Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> and that was how he was going to make his money. And they thought, you know, let's just like stick with the whole Oliver Twist thing because that gets a little confusing. <laughs> and I guess that's it for fun facts. That's all you got? A lot of the fun facts that I had looked up for this were just like, Tom Cruise was almost cast as Dodger. Like, there's just, I always hate those facts where they're Ew. like, so-and-so was almost cast as this. So-and-so was almost cast as this. Those are not interesting in any way. The only time those facts are interesting are when they actually recorded something, like for Shrek, where Chris Farley actually recorded dialogue for Shrek before he died. And so when he did die, they had to recast, and that's when Mike Myers became Shrek. See, that's an interesting one. That was a random fun fact. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Those are the only casting ones that I'm like usually interested in. <laughs> What's our next movie? Our next movie is 
The Little Mermaid. Yes, we're finally getting into sanity. <laughs> I mean, don't get too excited because right after Little Mermaid, we've got DuckTales the movie. So we don't get quite into the princesses yet, but we're on the right path. So with that. With that. Cheers. cheers.